podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Downey and to start on a serious note, my last week has been spent in mourning for a beloved relative, a man who was a significant part of my life and whose sudden loss to cancer left behind a daughter, my cousin, who'd previously been forced to endure the passing of her mum to the same utter prick of a disease, which continues to take so many of us and remains beyond the power of modern medicine. And this in a world where your heavily governmentally controlled television channels will be screening ads asking you to help and fund research into cures for that cancer. That same government can then spend the small, the GDP of a small nation uh, on drone strikes that can kill people halfway across the world. That's an insane situation, folks. And our apathy and our acceptance of it only exacerbates it. So I would ask you to maybe try and think about that as I am myself. I've got a few ideas that I'd like to share with you over coming weeks in a different format. And uh, maybe we could have a little chat about that in a different format, in a different uh, different time. Anyway, see you, Jimmy. I know you'd have enjoyed that topic particularly. Now, as I step back down off my soapbox, I will soon welcome back to your ears the mellifluous sounds of my two regular muckers, Cam Branch and Carl Kopak. Between the three of us, we will endeavour to entertain you over the next hour with our takes on events around Liverpool Football Club and, as usual, beyond. But in order to start the rest of the show off in the type of absurdist note which tends to characterise the content of the Anfield Index podcast of late, allow me to quote the second show in a row from a great piece of modern literature, Striker by Steve Bruce. <laughs> Wonderful. The master, Wonderful. the master's back. The lad knows what he's doing, and I think it's important that we uh, that we acknowledge him. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. So as I say, bear with me here. You'll remember from from the previous pod that the puce balloon headed former Mank defender uh, created a magnum opus uh, in 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 striker, in which Steve Barnes, manager of Laddersford Town, which is a small but historic club, <laughs> eyeing a return to the top flight of uh, English football uh, from the lowly position of the second tier and suspected of the murder of his star 40 foot round <laughs> forward. And if you don't believe it, he is actually 40 feet. Look at the cover. It's true. Anyway, he spends the duration of the book attempting to shake off the suspicion of the deed uh, by solving the crime himself, as football managers tend to do. Marvel now, if you will at the mastery of dialogue in the following passage, which sees Steve allude to his impressive education and eclectic taste. We begin with a quote from Steve himself. And he says, A pair of star-crossed lovers, I said to Julie. She looked surprised. That sounds clever, Steve. You have a way with words. (laughs) Not me, old Bill Shakespeare. Since when did you, when I was at school, I replied. Romeo and Juliet was a set text. Ah, you never cease to surprise me, she said. So when you reach home, you'll sit and read Shakespeare. Tonight, it'll be EastEnders on the telly, I said. And then a good night's sleep. I locked the office door as we left. See you tomorrow morning, Julie said. One last thing. 
get a message around to all the lads. Training tomorrow. Remarkable stuff. That's Remarkable beautiful. Stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to cry, but that's just too beautiful. It's just too beautiful for to, to go unremarked upon, and I feel like it's our duty to pass this kind of stuff on. Mr. Kabak, how are you doing? I, well, I, I can hear you I, appreciate that. I was, I was going to say, um, um, when you brought them up again, I thought, what am I doing? I still don't own the book. I've got to go and buy the book. So I've just gone on to Amazon. It's twenty-seven pounds. I know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's twenty-seven quid to buy the. I know. Um, and I know we spoke in the past, and I've I've done quite a few tweets about um, Donna Stell's autobiography, which is just phenomenal. Um, you can't get that anywhere. Uh, but I, I had no idea that Striker. I wonder Sweepers just as expensive, which I believe is the is the follow up to Striker. I'm not sure you can even find Sweeper. The copy I got was one that was knackered out of a library, so I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Man. I know where Steve Bruce lives. I've seen his house. <laughs> he doesn't need 27 quid for a book. No! I'm telling you. No. Pre- pres- presumably, he's got a garage full of the things anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, seriously, it's a it's 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 a landmark of of modern culture. All the same. Uh, <laughs> did you have any specific thought you wanted to open with, Carl? I, I did, and I'm going to quote from from an, an equally verbose genius, um, and it's this. You know that bit of dust at the end of Peanuts, yeah? Basically, that's the best part. Everybody loves that bit, okay? There's a manufacturing vault where all the bags are filled with nothing but peanut dust. My uncle managed to get like 3,000 boxes of it, yeah? Smuggled to the UK by smuggling himself inside a bloody crate. Metal! He got to Portland, unfortunately, but uh, the boxes stay with me. I call it peanut dust. Shabuddy G. What? The, the man himself. The man himself. <laughs> unforgettable, actually. A character that is absolutely unforgettable. Since you've mentioned that show, I've, I've absolutely binged it. Watched all the seasons back to back. It's bloody remarkable. But that guy, a character in particular, is wonderful. Absolutely. The whole relationship with, is it Alona? Al- Al- Aldona. Aldona. Yeah. Oh my God, it's magnificent. It's, it's magnificent. It, I mean, there's so many good bits, but it, for me, it's the bit where obviously Aldona's on the make, and yeah. um, and uh, he finally gets uh, what he wants to do with Aldona one night. He wakes up the next day, and his van's gone, all his computers have gone, <laughs> and everything. And he's running around shouting, you know. Where, where, he says to the camera crew, "Have you um, uh, have you moved the Merc? The, the, yeah. Merc's, the, the, the Merc's a van, by the way, not a Merc. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, he, said he said, okay." And he went, oh my god, they've got the computers are gone, everything's gone, and he's looking out for everything. And he, he says something like, they've taken Aldona. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely refuses to believe what's happened. Uh, he's, a just, it, he's a gorgeous but, character. And also, obviously, because we could do an hour on it, but there's, there's one little bit as well where he's, he's got to go around to Beats and, and Roche's place to do some decorating. And he just appears as if he's been into DIY for his entire career. And he says... Uh, I'm Chibuddy J. I'm the I'm the handyman. I'm Andy. I'm Handy Peters. That was a lovely reference. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any 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 old CBBC references are good. Yeah. Uh, Cam, any opening thoughts, my friend? A couple. Uh, first one. This is for you, Trev. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Oh, that's so, gorgeous. Who's that? Yeah. It was unknown, actually. I like it. Was it. Just out there. it was just out there. So uh, I saw it and I thought of you, my friend, with the week you've had. So Timely, uh, timely, brother. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And I, second, I, be- I believe you have a big chunk of humble pie that you're going to throw out. I, as well. I, I am. I am. Um, I've uh, prepared a little statement. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Did you get your people to look over it? <laughs> He's got a lecture. 
Well, well I, my people were you, and you came back with some rather um, interesting thoughts, but we're going to go with it anyway. Go, so, go, go. I wish to take this opportunity to apologise for saying on the last show that Jurgen Klopp would be stubborn to the point of playing Henderson as a six to the detriment of us losing the European Cup final. I should have chosen my words more carefully, as was rightfully pointed out to me by one of our brilliant listeners. Again, I apologise for this and hope that all of you wonderful people will take the time to listen and can accept my apology. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Carl, do you feel uh, as if you've, you've just witnessed uh, a moment, a seminal moment in modern culture there? The, st- the, 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 the humbling of, of Brainsy in public. That's wonderful, isn't it? That's the most loaded question I've ever heard you ask, Darren. Because <laughs> when, I, when I heard this was going on, um, I answered in just two words. I know, Darren, honestly, honestly, we've all got opinions. So, you know, if, if Cam, that's, what Cam thought, that's what Cam thought. So, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, like... I, 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 I basically put that viewpoint into just two words. The second word was them. You did, but uh, to be fair, I think uh, Young Branch has probably about twice as much humility as the two of us put together. So it is nice that at least one of us is sound enough to hold up their hands and say that they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit fractious with Liverpool support at the moment, so that's probably what's on my mind. Mm, I feel like this is going to uh, crop up a few times, and it's certainly going to crop up on the first topic that I want to speak to you about. And it is, of course... Uh, the, undeniable, the undeniable story of the week. It's uh, Emre, it's Emre Chan. No, hey! <laughs> it's, it's really not Emre Chan. It is. Uh, it's the 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 Carrius concussion story and the the various voices that we've heard. Now, I think, and I know where you're going with this, Carl. And I think it's probably best avoided uh, too much in depth conversation about fan reaction because it has been, as Twitter always is, an absolute. Uh, uh, hellhole uh to be to be um making your way through because quite often people are awful in my opinion and the awfulness was on display uh in in a, in a spectacular way on both sides of this debate and other sides that have yet to be even decided but let's just talk about the facts of this thing because what i'd like to say and, and, and cam i'll come to you first on this the the the, the whole thing that uh, you know, it was being used as an excuse. Let's just get that out of the way first. That's utter shite, isn't it? I've not seen one Liverpool fan, and that's all I follow really on Twitter, with the exception of a few cultural icons and people that I'm into for different reasons. It's all Liverpool fans. And I've not seen one who's even remotely stepped towards saying, uh, that's the, the, you know, I'd like to use that as an excuse, not to mind all the nonsense and shite talk about uh, Liverpool fans wanting to hide behind it and demand replays and all that kind of nonsense. Nobody's saying that, are they? Not one person said it. Sorry, Cam, go. Exactly that. Not one person <laughs> said it. Uh, if any if any fan has said it, I, I guarantee they're not Liverpool fans. No. They're, they're, they're made-up accounts pretending to be Liverpool fans. We, as fans, all of us, every single Liverpool fan has accepted the result. Let's get that absolutely clear. We... We lost. We've moved on. We've signed Fabinho. We're in a happy place. We've got the summer to look forward to about the players we are going to sign. That's where we are right now. We do not care about that result anymore. It's gone. It's done. It's dusted. We got beat. 
it happens. We're going to win games. We're going to lose games. Why would we? Why would we, in our right mind, say we want to go and have a, a rematch, or it's all down to, you know, the, the concussion that happened to Carriers? Why would we say that? What are we going to gain by it? Nothing. The, the, the point is, we didn't. The Daily Mirror said that's what we probably would be saying, and we didn't because they haven't thought of one little thing. What happens if we replayed it and they beat us five nil? We're not fucking stupid. <laughs> There's every chance they could, because yeah. you know they nearly did. You know, so it's um, oh, it's, it's that, that 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 whole replay thing is just the Daily Mirror. I feel really bad about that because the Daily Mirror, when I was growing up, was the opposite of the Sun. It was it yeah. stood up for poor people in the north, and it was pro minor strike and. And it was it was all that sort of thing, and now we've just got into a fucking clickbait wank fest. That's the title of the show, by the way, lads. It was just fucking right, honestly. It just um and I'm saying this because I'm just a bit better, but for some reason I'm blocked by the Daily Mirror, which amuses me every single day. Cause I have no idea why, but um I just what what's, what's the Daily Mirror up to? That's just stupid. Can I just uh, flog a theory out? Did you ever use the phrase clickbait wank fest? <laughs> And tagged the mirror into it by any chance. I don't, that... because I don't think I have. Because I've always had a little bit of respect for the mirror. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. uh, well, there it is, lads. I've said it on a podcast. That's exactly what it was. And, and the brand, and it's a, it is a journalistic thing because it is clickbait because they've got, because mm. they've got, you know, lots of Everton fans, lots of United fans, and they're saying, oh, look what the, what the Red Shacks are doing. They're doing all this and, you know, and, you know, plays into that narrative. Fuck off. You fucking report some news for Christ's sake. Exactly. It's so let's let's establish real news. Real let's, let's establish that that's utter shite, and let's establish now what the real news is. And the real news is that following that uh, match uh, and what we saw occur in the field, um, Lawrence Carrier has found himself in America. The story I've heard, uh, on holiday. Story I've heard is that the man was on holiday, and yep. that he goes to uh, see some specialists. We don't know exactly whether it was because he was feeling symptomatic or because it was recommended or what. We don't know. But we know that he has gone. Now, uh, when he was in the States, he's he goes to see these experts in Massachusetts General Hospital. Now, there has been much play of the fact that John Henry happens to be a trustee of that. That is more uh, smoke and mirrors bullshit. And I don't even want to entertain it anymore because we've done our few seconds or moments on the shit and the nonsense. So let's just put that to one side because it's absolutely relevant in this discussion that I want to have with you, which is the only discussion we're worth having on this. It was revealed by those tests that the, that the, the lads in Massachusetts General Hospital did, renowned experts, that the goalkeeper did indeed, was indeed suffering from concussion. And the quote goes, after carefully reviewing game film and integrating a detailed history, including his reported present and immediate post-contact subjective symptoms, physical examination and objective metrics, we have concluded that Mr. Carrier sustained a concussion during the match on May 26, 2018. That is the long and the short of it. Now, in recent weeks and days, or in recent days, We've had all sorts of people throwing in their tuppence worth, some people dismissing the whole concept of the concussion and what it mattered and what it means, and other people talking about, you know, the relative and comparative importance of it. Now, I understand when it gets conflated with the game and what the game meant and the decisions in the game and all that type of thing, it's then it then becomes extra emotive. However, there is no discussion to be had, surely, about the fact that we are behind the curve here in football when it comes to head trauma and when it comes to the effects of head trauma. Carl, you and I can speak 
quite authoritatively on the concept of having battered noggins. We yes. have a very unique perspective on this, both of us, and therefore can sort of have a little bit of heft behind what we're saying here. I feel passionately that, for example, I heard Chris Nowinski there on on, on a, an AI Pro show with, with uh, Dave and Sai uh, in the last day or two. It's about one of the only things I heard over the last few days because I was doing a bit of driving. And it, it was pretty fascinating listen, I think, for an awful lot of people. But what, like I said uh, when I was talking to Jan early on, what surprised me, Carl, and this really surprised me, was the reaction to the show from the subscribers and listeners who seemed to be genuinely surprised by this and thought that what Chris was saying was completely revelatory and groundbreaking. It's as if um, football fans are just football fans and they don't know anything about other sport and they don't know about what's been going on in that area in NFL over the last while. They haven't seen that concussion movie or seen any of the millions of articles about uh, Will Smith's character in that movie, Dr. Bennett and Malu, uh, that forensic pathologist who, who, who stood against the NFL. It's like people aren't aware of what CTE is. And it was a real shock to folks. And I think they found it extra insightful. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of what Chris Novinsky is doing. And I think it's very important that the shows like that are going out. And it's it's just interesting to me, Carl, that AI Pro is kind of on the the fringes here, pushing stuff that should be, Christ, it should be known, surely. Yeah, it should be, absolutely. And um, people are talking. What's really shocked me more than anything else is uh, about the whole situation is people are talking about Loris Karius and, and I emphasise the word and, the European Cup final. Has anyone asked if he's all right? I mean, I, I just, you know, um, I mean, people obviously see the consequence of what happened if he's doing things like that, but the, surely the most important thing is that Loris Karius is all right because if, if, if he's had a concussion for two weeks, he, that's a hell of a concussion he's got. So for a start, can we just look at it from the human point of view before we start jumping into, yeah, but it was all Sergio Ramos's fault. Exactly. Can we, that. Just, can, we just, can we just look at that first, and then, you know, I mean, the thing about the whole thing for me is, is, and no one wants to admit that is, there's no answer to this, the whole situation. It's incredibly unfortunate. Um, if he if he fucks up for those two things, uh, because of his concussion, and um, we can't prove if they were genuine mistakes or concussion based mistakes, then we've been unlucky. And it, I think it ends there. There's nothing you can do to make the, we're not going to get the game back. And I just want the lad to be okay. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, we should get a new goalkeeper in. I've been saying we should get goalkeepers in way before this game. But I just, it, it, it just strikes me as really, start, can, can I go on a rant here, Trev? Sorry. It's, it's, it's very patronising when people say things like, yeah, but, you know, um, you should be talking, you know, you should, I said on Twitter yesterday that we lost the game and everything else is window dressing because it is, we've lost the game. The game is no longer relevant to our lives. It's gone. Um, and it really annoys me when people say, but what about, you know, you, you, I thought you'd be more interested in this and have more sympathy. They're two different things. The game is one thing and the head injury is a different thing completely. And no, no, that's it. That, that's it. It's the, the conflation of the two things is completely unhelpful. And it completely, uh, it makes, it, not, neither of them serve the other. You can have whatever opinion you want about the game. And in, as you said earlier, it could in fact be a situation where we have been massively unlucky because the kid has suffered as yeah. a result of that. That could be, but who gives a shit? Because as Cam said earlier on, it's gone. It's done. Now we talk about the issue that has arisen, which is bloody serious. Yeah, and that, and that's the most difficult thing because you can't notice a concussion if the person himself is concussed. If they can't notice it themselves, then how the hell are you going to do it? 
No one said right after that game, I reckon the keeper was concussed there. It took two weeks before before he said, actually, do you know what? I've got this. And if, if they're not going to know it, how are we supposed to know it? How are the club supposed to know it? How are the doctors supposed to know it? Until he says, do you know what? I've started feeling like this. Yeah, and, I, I, and, I, and I speak from personal, um, uh, from personal experiences here. I had a brain hemorrhage in 2006. I didn't know I had a brain hemorrhage for three days. I thought I had food poisoning. That's what yeah. the brain does. You know, it's not just straight away. Oh, concussion. Unless obviously they're flat out or whatever, but, you know, which is exactly what happened to me in the end. But um, it's, 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 it's a horrible situation to be in. And I, I agree with everyone who said, you know, there should be calls to get to get this sort of thing monitored more often. You know, when people have head injuries, I'm all about that. And um, there's a thing about, obviously, my hero, Ray Kennedy, and reckon one of his illnesses, um, apart from Parkinson's, was brought on by the fact that the time he headed the ball. But, you know, it, it's just, you can't really prove that. But yeah, it, it doesn't, it does need looking at. It really does. But this is not a new issue. No, you're 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 right. It, it, it's it's difficult to prove, and I think that's the. I think it's because it's difficult to prove, and because maybe at this stage there's such a small sample size of science. I was listening to someone speaking about this a couple of months ago, um, because I've always got a very sharp ear cocked anything to do with the brain or head trauma or whatever. And it, you know, basically, there's not enough of a sample size yet um, over a long enough period. However, if you look at the studies that have been done in the NFL. That's undeniable. And of course, the, the types of, of, of hits that we're talking about there are, are different. But rugby followed suit. And I have to say, it's a, it's a sport I follow kind of in a, a very much a secondary or tertiary fashion. But I do follow it. And they do have protocols established now for when head head injuries happen on, on, on the side of the pitch. For example, you're saying there, it's difficult to know. And you can't obviously trust a player. A player doesn't have a clue. And even if a player does have a clue, you can't trust them because no. their head, uh, by definition, is messed up. And in ways that brain chemistry is so strange, as you said, Carl, and it's really interesting, your the, the, your symptoms don't necessarily equate to anything you would consider uh, head injury related things. Your brain chemistry is fucked up. It makes you think and see and perceive in different ways. And that's why we have to have these protocols established and carried out when there is a bang in the head, even if it is only in its nascent stages at this stage. And I think it is. But it has it to be started. Is. Now, the problem, and this is where I want to come to you, Cam, on this, so get your, get your take on it. The problem is this machismo and this posturing bullshit that has happened on the back of it from our own, inverted commas, fans talking shit and conflating the two things, like Carl says, conflating the game and the result and the actual seriousness of the issue. And also this other kind of like this, um, you know, hyper-masculine posturing nonsense where you've got idiots like Dr. Tony Cruz, MD, you know, who played for Real on the day and says, well, I don't know if that explains the errors. I don't really see it that way. If it's a concussion and you notice it's so extreme, I don't know if you can or should continue playing. If it's a concussion, it cannot have been so serious. He also had the opportunity to keep the ball in his hands. And then later on, you've got Courtois, the goalkeeper who we've been linked to of late, who should have more sense and has been at a club where a keeper suffered a massive head injury yeah. And as a result, has to has to wear a, a, a head protective headgear for the rest of his career. He says it happened to me with Alexis Sanchez. I had a concussion. I couldn't see the ball. So after 20 minutes, I went out of the game because I couldn't see the ball. I feel sorry for what happened with him. But to blame oh, it on concussion. 20 minutes. Yeah. And he says, he says, I feel so I feel sorry for what happened to him. But to blame it on concussion that he made those mistakes. He also made two amazing saves. So what was luck then? I don't know because he couldn't see the ball. Now it's absolute horseshit. It's posturing, and he, 
at no stage has Loris Carius opened his mouth and blamed anything, and neither is any sensible thinking fan. This is bullshit. It's a storm, a media frenzy with people in a in a, in a naughty way feeding questions to hyper masculine individuals who are posturing and who have that athlete thing of uh, I'm stronger than you and you need an aspect a, a part of that cam don't you to to succeed but this way of thinking from professional footballers has to be educated out of them just as it used to be have to be educated out of them for other types of injuries in the past yes totally they they're living in the dark ages um if they if they are not concerned about their own welfare and well-being then if if our duty i.e. the professionals who know what they're talking about the the neurosurgeons um and all of those people to keep banging this drum and making sure that the awareness is out there and that they are protected now you can you can also raise a question why did liverpool announce that Loris Carrier suffered out of the 30 tests, he was diagnosed with 26 uh, concussion factors, whatever you want to call it. They're trying to raise awareness. It's not a PR game. They're trying to protect others as well. They've got nothing to gain personally by, you know, saying this is what has happened to the player. It's all about awareness. It's about raising discussions. It's about protecting the players going forward. Um, I saw a, a tweet. It's a really good thread, actually. And it's by a gent called Ross Tucker. And his Twitter handle is at Science of Sport. He's very and good, yeah. yeah. He's very good. He's written a superb piece. And one of the big things, and he, and he has also mentioned the rugby aspect of things as well. And we could learn a lot from rugby because they are very forward-thinking in how they're looking after how they're looking after players, how they're treating players, just letting just letting the trainer come on whilst the game is going on, not waiting for a referee. Those, those seconds could be vital. Um, yeah. One of the things, that, one of the big things he, he came out with was there should be maybe like they're doing rugby, you're allowed ten minutes to take a player off and use a temporary substitute, and you can assess, and it gives the it gives the um, the medical team on the side, maybe an independent doctor as well, to assess the player, make sure he's okay. If he's not okay, get him off, get him somewhere safe, and let's, let's get him looked after. It's all about safety. It's all about well-being. It's all about the, the care of the player. How can that be wrong? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, it is vaguely encouraging to hear that there are sort of at least some uh, plans afoot with UEFA. Um, I think they'll probably have to be embarrassed into it, like all things. Um, it takes something awful uh, before something happens or it takes something big, a big news story before something happens. Apparently, there are new plans. These HIA assessment procedures that they use in rugby union, uh, head injury assessment procedures, I mean, it is a start. And like I said, it's it's a science that's only beginning. 
um, um, the, the 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 pioneers of it are the guys who are involved, uh, like Nowinski and like 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 Omalu uh, with the NFL, and those those studies are, are are being carried on over here by people in rugby, and football needs to get out ahead of this. Uh, I read a quote, uh, Cam, which would back up what you were saying there from a Dr. Willie Stewart, who's a neurosurgeon, a British neurosurgeon who deals with head head injuries in sport, and he says, and this is interesting because it's very practical. He says football doesn't allow an interchange for a player to be assessed to see if he has a brain injury. It doesn't allow significant time for the medics to assess the player. It doesn't have a video review of events to be able to see if there was a glancing blow on my goalkeeper's head, which I didn't notice. It's unacceptable in 2018 that it should be this way. Now, we're crying and whinging about um, VAR and all that type of thing for the allowance or non-allowance of goals or offsides or whatever. But there's a really practical application of uh, video technology and review that people could be using in a very, very positive way. And it backs up what you're saying, doesn't it, Cam, that, you know, these are the type of... they're not massive. You're talking about a rotating sub there, a guy you can come on for 10 minutes while somebody's getting assessed, getting all these protocols done. That's just basic common sense in this day and age, isn't it? Totally. I mean, football, a simpler game as it is and the beautiful game that it is, it needs to evolve as well. It needs to keep moving forward. And player safety is, is, is the biggest thing. It always will be. It, it's, it's a physical game. I mean, they, they've made changes to how you can tackle. You can't tackle from behind. Why? Because it's dangerous. You can't go in two-footed. Why? Because it's dangerous. So if there's a danger there, we need to eliminate it. Why can't we be looking at things as well from the side where they've taken away the monitors because of controversial decisions? But if you think there's an injury, the medical team should be allowed to go and review it, look at it, say, look, we think he's had a Something's happened there. Why can't we look at it? I mean, we we haven't spoken about these things before because it hasn't been raised before. The mm. question's been raised now. We're talking about it. We need to keep this co- debate and conversation going. So, and the authorities need to as well because it's vital. The last thing we want to see is, is something tragic happen on a pitch that could have been prevented. And it does happen. Yeah, but but it's about evolution, lads. It's about evolution in thought processes. Think about how in the old days, if you had a niggle, maybe a sort of a, a strain or or a, or a, maybe you had a slight hamstring t- a tweak. Um, what you do now, if you're Alex Oxlade Chamberlain or you're James Miller, is you pull up your hand and you say, "Boss, I need to go off," yeah. and you do that because and you are applauded for it because it means that you are seeing something that could actually be treated in time and keep you back in lo- in um, rotation. In the old days, you put on a grimace and you played through it and you were done for the season by the end of the game. Now, that is just education and evolution. And the fact that people are so unbelievably caveman in their thinking about head injuries here, and that's exactly what it is. I don't care what anyone says. It's bullshit machismo. That's all it is. The fact that people can't be advanced enough and concerned enough to look across at, 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 at the States and see guys who've taken their own lives and taken other people's lives, guys who are uh, going from incredibly successful humans to absolute wrecks of humanity, God love them, because of the trauma of brain injury, because of the effects of that. This is, this is not something that's up for grabs. And, um, you know, 
the carriers, the game, all of that is almost irrelevant, apart from, as Carl says, is the kid all right? If he's all right, let's move forward and talk about football separately. Talk, Sorry, talk about the games and stuff like that separately. This is a serious issue. Carl, I'll give you the last word if you want. It, it's, just, it's just basically that. Um, I've, I've just been thinking as you were talking then. If Liverpool win that game 3-2, sorry, 4-3, um, Loris Carriage still goes to the doctors. People should think about that. Yeah, exactly. 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 And, and, and the conversation still arises. And, you know, you and don't also, get... Any, sorry, and also, and also anyone who's got a, who, who thinks that having um, a, a head injury is, is weak and um, the, the display of a weak footballer, I wish one on you. Because they're horrible things. Well, it, it, it's it, it, it's a, it's an insane perspective to take, I have to say. Yeah. And, and, and just just on the last one, there's nothing on the official website about this. Now, you can look at that in two ways. You can certainly look at it from the way earlier on, uh, the, the, the absolute bullshit talk about how it was uh, some sort of a PR stunt. If it was a PR stunt, it would be all over the official website. It's not. You could also say maybe even our own website aren't taking it seriously enough to look at the issue and push the actual issue itself. I'm not really sure how to, t- how to, how to take that, but it is interesting, uh, if nothing else, considering it's everywhere else in the paper. And if, if we were linked to, um, um, you know, a, a lad who, who once um, had a curry in Liverpool, it would be on the official website uh, in a gossip column, you know. Um, so it's strange. It's strange, I have to say. Anyway, that, look. That, that, by the way, that's on the, um, that's on the website tomorrow. Downy slams website says website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant, yeah. Uh, sorry, okay. saying brackets twelve to one. They do, <laughs> they do like a bet on the game on the website. They? <laughs> they do like a bet. God bless them. Yeah. Well, anyway, look, let's let's. Uh, there, there are lots of other things we could talk about, but I'm gonna just drop it for now because we, we, I was gonna talk to you about the the recent the reacquisition of Peplin. There's the the new boy Jakobsen uh, in the fitness department and medical department. But do you know what? Let's let's move away from football because as far as I can see, lads, unless my sons are completely wrong, um, we're getting on past the uh, 35 or 40 minute mark there at this stage. And I did just want to start asking you about football-related things, but not necessarily Liverpool-related, because oh, marvelous! There my are favorite, my favorite topic at the moment is football that isn't Liverpool. Football that isn't Liverpool. Actually, you know what, Carl? That reminds me of a blog. <laughs> I can't believe that works so well. That was seamless. The checks in the post. Yeah, you're all right, man. I've got you. I've got you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some green grass and the ball. Get on it. Uh, the, uh, later on you can give it a proper plug uh, here's the thing I want to ask you I asked Jan Mulby early on so you're in good company um, of course he played in two of my favourite World Cups uh, uh, which were 86 and, and 90 I think he played in 90 maybe he didn't he definitely played in 86 um, but I was trying to work out which of the two I preferred um, and I kind of came down towards 1990 even though 86 had a huge amount of highlights for me you know I loved the I loved that Brazilian team even though it was kind of very much on its last legs even I remember in the lead up to it there was rumours that 46 year old Pele was going to rejoin the squad which was absolutely yeah. ex- it was so bloody exciting man and yeah. this is 86 we, we'd just done the double Kenny was like proper full on Roy with Rovers and then he got crocked and he couldn't play with Scotland and watching Kenny play for Scotland if you were Ireland where, when we didn't have a team and it would have been just wonderful that, that's, that kind of took the sheen off it but of course then you had Maradona and England and all that and I love that World Cup but 1990 and Roger Mia that was just awesome for me I love that World Cup I love the buzz I was just about 16, I think, that summer. It was incredible. So, the question to both of you. Um, Carl, favourite World Cup? 
my first World Cup was 78, which I loved because the, because the screens were really great. Um, grainy and Archie Gamble's goal and the, the best ever World Cup kit, which is Peru's. Actually, although Argentina's pretty good as well. 1990, it, it's what you were doing. 1990 was my second year at uni. And it's not about the England thing, although I did get involved with all that. For me, it's, you know, we were talking before about safety, uh, cam, you were talking before about player safety and things like that. Yeah. You know when that Cameroon lad finally got down to Cla- uh, Claudio Canigia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did, yeah. Two, two questions here. Did you cheer, cheer? And do you still cheer when you see it today? Because I fucking do. Yes and yes. How, 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 how could you not? How could you not? I, I, I did that exact tackle on my best friend and five aside in a hall on a hard floor. And everybody got up and thought we were going to take the head off each other. But we just looked at each other and laughed because that's what we do to each other in football pitches. But it's, it's, it was, the, it's the fact that the first bloke wings him. And he oh. about stays up, and his, his mate says, "I've got this." <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's done. I, it, I, I don't. I, how can you not like that? It's like that other moment. I don't know what World Cup is from. I think it might be the one you mentioned. It's either seventy four or seventy eight, where the lad breaks from the wall and just kicks the ball away. Oh, <laughs> that, that is. That is. It's nineteen seventy four. That's seventy four. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was 70, I'm sure it's seventy four. It was. Uh, I yeah. thought that was. It, it's Brazil. Um, Zaire. It's, oh, it's, no. Yeah, Zaire, I think. Yeah, was it in Mexico then? I thought that was seventy. I'm going to check later. Mexico was seventy. Seventy four was. Was was was. Oh, no, you're right. Seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah, West Germany. Yeah, yeah seventy four yeah. is West Germany. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's on his YouTube as free kick of the century, and they yeah. are not understanding that whatsoever. They're not. That's... Look it up if you haven't seen it. And then you have the Brazilians happen. just pissing themselves with laughs, <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. like. Why are you laughing at us? Why are you laughing at us? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the way he walks out sort of slightly... Sorry, for those who don't know, basically, for Brazil have got a free kick, and I think it's Revelino standing over the ball, and the referee blows the whistle, and they're just, like, assessing the angles before they kick it. And one lad just walks out the ball, just looks a bit self-conscious, and absolutely belts it down the pitch. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful moment. A beautiful moment. I just absolutely love that moment. Unfortunately, now that was I. I think I'd have massively enjoyed that World Cup. It was just a bit too early for me to to actually. And you know, your your any archive footage I see of it, it looked like a belter. Seventy eight looked good too with Mario Kempes and all Beautiful. that. But again, that was just a bit before my time. The ticker tape and all that it looked magnificent. Yeah. But um, what t- talk to me, Cam, about your favorite World Cup and why specifically? Why, Leonardo, Oscar, Luzinho, Junior, Falco. Zico, Socrates, Eder, Serginio. 82, 86? 82. 82. 82 all day long. That was the best team to never win the World Cup. It was an injustice. Paolo Rossi, I could fucking kill you. Yeah. Did he get a hat-trick as well? He got a hat-trick against Brazil. No, he got a hat-trick against Brazil in the last group game before the semi-final because it was two group stages in them dates and then um he got two in the semi-final then he got one in the final yeah so um didn't he, he get some of the match fixing as well i, I don't know i don't there's, know. there's, there's an allegation that he did something because i may have done i think there's 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 actually quite a decent documentary about that i, I at this point uh dear listeners i want to share drinkle's thoughts with you <laughs> Because I just I just asked uh, what was your favorite <laughs> World Cup. Guy says 
2002, watching Ronaldinho lob semen in primary school. Now, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm not going to say anything more than that. I'm going to let that quote and the many, many ways it could be interpreted speak for both Guy and yourselves, listeners. You can make of it what you will, but I think it's very, very insightful into the man. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, so that's it. So, so 82. Yeah, but lads, Zico, I mean, apart from what a Kenny, Zico. Zico is who you wanted you wanted to be. Well, it certainly was for me anyway. What what a footballer and Socrates, I just, like you said. I love Socrates. He was he was he was music on a pitch. He yeah. was classical. You know, he, he was an opera. You know, he was he was he was opera. That was the word I was looking for. He was an amazing player. Such a joy to watch. That whole team was oh, it, that team was as good, actually better than the. Uh, 87, 88 Liverpool team. I'll say that is probably the best ever team of football team I've ever seen. Jesus, come on, come on, lad. (laughs) They were amazing. The way they played football, it was just—they made it so easy. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't see enough of them. I'd love to have seen more of them. I, I, any time I saw them, I was just absolutely entranced. And the kit was gorgeous, even if it was a bit like short shorts, but it was still gorgeous. Um, okay, but while we're talking about Rizzolo, can I talk about Hossimar in um, 1980? Oh, yes. Ireland? Yes. The guy who's, the guy who's the elbows. Travelling. Yeah, his elbows started where most of our hands begin. Yeah. He, he had the longest arms ever, and he had them up in this sort of both of them in an L shape, and it, it, yeah. just the biggest ar- ar- arms ever. And that was that that was who did he blast that one pass? Was it Jennings or? No, that's Northern Ireland, so it would have been Jennings. Yeah, it's right. Pat Jennings. He blasted a pass. Oh my God, what a hit that is! That's a that was that was eighty six, yeah. Eighty six, yeah. Eighty six, yeah, 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 yeah. They were just a bit past their best at that stage. I was good when they went out in '86 as well. Uh, next question is again football related, just to ease us completely out of football altogether. Um, just a, 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 I was going to ask you what was your favourite uh, football. Now you may or may not have an answer to this. So the specific question was what, what was your best football toy? Now or football related toy. If you don't have a football related toy, I'm going to ask you what was your best football related thing that isn't kit that you ever bought or got. So, if you've got can, any immediate I, ideas, I can do this. I had a sort of brief school reunion type thing at the weekend. We went to Newcastle, me and my mate G, uh, and uh, our friends Al and uh, Bev and um, Bev Beamer. What, what was your first and mate's name there? What was your first G- mate's name? Chi. Chi. nickname. Chi. Yeah. Oh, no one knows why. We've known as Chi. Um, yeah. And. We were talking once about, and we, and we were driving up there. I stayed at um, a friend's place in New, in, New, in, in New Yorkshire. I, mean, I drove up with G the next day, and uh, we were talking about um, how I once outed him in a conversation with some Times journalists about the time in 1978 when he got his brand new World Cup Tango Master footy. We would have been nine at the time, and um, I was practicing volleys against the wall, and I didn't really know what a volley was. And he got dead annoyed with me, picked up the ball and went, no, this is a volley. We had two school roofs. It landed on the second one. I suspect it's still there. Oh, He'd had the ball for about a day and a half. A tango. And, uh, yeah. And I love thinking about the bus. Literally, you said to me on Sunday, I hope to God that story never comes out ever again. Four, four days later, there it is. In front of all the whole of Anfield index. It's going to be so oh, good. It's the orange one as well. It's the World Cup ball. Yeah, but oh. he had it in orange. It's beautiful. 
No, they, listen, the tango is an untouchable football. But 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 Cam, I believe Carl has slightly misinterpreted the question. I did say oh, non non kit or equipment related. Oh, non kit. Oh God. Yeah, oh. yeah. So you have a think about that and then come back. Have you have you, did you pick up on that either, Cam? Or no, no, you? I. I was going for the Adidas Tango football as well. Ah, well, okay. Yeah. Let me let let me steer you in the right path. My answer was going to be my game, which I got and I played endlessly with my brother, Tommy Super Cup football. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's a little sort of motorized football game where you've got five players. You control the little switches at the bottom. They move up and down along one line. You can flick them all around from left to right, and you can pass. You can pass long and short. You can shoot. It's a gl- you can dribble. It's a glorious football game. I would recommend it to anybody even still. I rebought it about three years ago and again played hours endlessly with my brother. It is absolutely outstanding. Tommy Super Cup football. If you've ever I've got just a chance, Googled it. if you ah, oh, it's just glorious. If you ever get a chance, just buy it. Don't even wait. Just buy it. It's so much fun. Uh, anyway, back to you now. Non-equipment uh, related. Carl, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for a game as well um, called Super Striker, which oh. is a, a five-a-side football. Well, actually, the, obviously the answer is, is, is crossbow. We've discussed that before. Yeah. Um, uh, is that what it's called? Crossbow? Crossfire. No, crossfire. crossfire. Super Striker, yeah. five-a-side football game with a kick. And the game, there's only two teams. It's Newcastle against Man United. And uh, you press the top. You basically, the ball had to go in a little groove between the player's legs, keep it clean, and then you press the top of the head and the leg moves and kicks. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I've seen this. I've seen this. That that always looked dead fancy to me, and I've never actually seen one in real life. Yeah. I've only seen, seen them in... in... The, 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 the playability was literally zero because the ball had to go there. Right, right. So, so that, yes, so... So vaguely rubbish, but still, but still, uh, a bit of novelty but, value. But, but it had a full pitch, which you could basically play with anything on. So I ended up just playing other games, but on the football pitch. So the pitch ah. was fantastic. Ah, I like it. I like it. What about you, Cam? I'm going to have to give this one a pass. I can't think of anything that I had was really a football ah, game. Ah, poor Cam had no toys growing up. No, 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 I had toys. <laughs> I had toys. You must have had a football waistcoat. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Might have done. What of it? Did you know of Sabudio? You talking to my mum? No. I never you didn't have Sabudio, no. no, no I, I, about... I always wanted a scale electric, so I never wanted Sabudio. What about table football? No, or fo- never... football? I, I had a brilliant table football as well. That's good too. All right, okay. So you basically you're drawing a blank on football related toys. I just, yeah, I just had footballs. That's all I ever wanted. So. Oh my! Oh my God, Cam, Cam, I, 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 I have to interrupt your party political broadcast <laughs> to share with the listeners again the producer input that we get here on a regular basis. I, I, I save you from most of it, listeners. I do. I save you from most of it. Guy's contribution to his favorite football toy, Pro Evo Six, could change people into dinosaurs. So there you are. That's nice. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> Something for you to be going on with. I actually started with Pro Evo 8, I think, uh, which was my favourite game for a long time. Uh, okay, moving away from football altogether. Carl, I want a one word or one sentence response from you on this concept that I'm going to throw at you. Hot desking. Oh. <laughs> I think that'll do it. <laughs> I think that'll do it. Cam? 
I drive for a living. <laughs> okay, I think it's an abomination, uh, an absolute abomination, and I, I'll come back to it again. I've, I've, I've only played it once, but the worst thing is when you sit, when you get in early, you get a nice pop by the window or near the kettle, which is what I always used to do, and then you get the bloke next to you you didn't want in the entire office. That's the problem with it. Of course, of course you do. It's an absolute abomination invented by dopes who think they're being uh, creative. It's just an awful, awful thing. Anyway, I will get back to that at a different point. I have a different slant on it. At some stage, I'd like to talk to you uh, about We had. Uh, I, I asked for a question. We've got one specific question in from uh, Liz this week. Uh, Cam, what is a skill that you wish you had, uh, but you know from having tried it that you're absolutely hopelessly terrible at it? Crikey. Oh. Um. Is it cooking anything except muesli? <laughs> <laughs> Cooking's boring. <laughs> what, is it, what was it, your cereal milkshake you made? Or Let's not go there. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I've got to do Desi later. I'm going to get embarrassed enough on that. With, uh, no, 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 no. I, do you know what? I've I've alluded to it. Carl's almost spelled it out. Well, I'm just going to tell people. Before we won the show, you told us that you actually were after having a lovely snack of some <laughs> muesli in an energy drink, protein shake. Uh, and uh, do you know what, man? Fair play. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite Rocky Balboa, I'll give you that. Uh, anyway, any, back to Liz's question. A skill, um, a skill that you wish you had, but you know because you've tried it that you're absolutely rubbish at. Diving in a swimming pool. I can't. Oh, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's cool. I, I, I belly flop and it hurts. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So what is it? It's obviously just the, the whatever coordination the it takes. The art of diving, like yeah. I just can't the art, yeah. Or, or even, like, even dancing would be good. I wish I could oh, 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 that, 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 that comes to the next question. That comes to the next question. Oh, did I lead too early into that? No, no, it's fine because I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop this one off, off Carl and then I'm going to come to that question. Okay. Carl, um, if, if, if you, what is the skill that you wish you had, but you know, because you've tried that you're absolutely terrible at it? Uh, I play guitar and I'm all right as a guitarist. I can play. I can not embarrass myself in the room. I can sit down at a, I can play, play a few chords. I've been in a band and things. I've done all that. I write songs on guitars. Can I sing? I sing like a duck. Ooh. And it, re- it really bothers me. I don't have eight notes. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't complete an octave. Yeah, that's, that, that's frustrating. Yeah, that it is. is. That, is, that is frustrating. Uh, my own would be anything that requires a steady hand, like playing Operation. Uh, that's obviously a real skill, you know, playing does, operation. Does that, does that happen a lot? <laughs> yeah, well, you know when you know when when that that part of the day comes when people break out operation, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the whole merger depends on it. <laughs> Turn the telly off, children. Turn the telly off. It's operation time. Oh Christ! Uh, anyway, I don't have a clue what operation is, by the way. <laughs> no, no, oh, he knows what it is. Guy knows. Guy knows. Guy does not know what operation is. I mean, he's typing. Uh, <laughs> absolutely agree with Carl. He's making it up if he says yes. Sorry, uh, people for riding dinosaurs. I'm not five yeah, yeah, years yeah. old. He's, he's, <laughs> he's still on Pro Evo 6, folks. Just leave him be. <laughs> Just leave him be. Uh, anyway, the question was, Cam. Yes. Uh, and and, 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 and you, you, you kind of segued into it for me. What is your signature dance move? 
What what is your signature dance move? I know I I know you said it's not a particular skill of yours, but if you've got to just pass yourself, what do you do? Um, now, I, I I'm gonna uh, Carl Carl, can I guess something here, man? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna guess something. I'm gonna say you're like me and you do a kind of an indie shuffle if you have to. Yeah. Kind of bit bit of shoegazing, bit of an indie shuffle, sort of a, a bashful look on your face, mooching about the place. But bit 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 of hips, bit of hip work. Bit of hip work, head down, but no hand action whatsoever. No god no. None of that ostentatious bullshit. However, Cam, oh dear. What, what I'm getting to is I say it's all about the hands with you. <laughs> You're a bastard. <laughs> I'm right though, aren't I? Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh fuck. And folks, this is not rehearsed. Oh my god. <laughs> How the fuck did you do know that? Oh my god! I, 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 you get a feel for these things eventually, man. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. also because the photo we've got of you on screen is you wearing a waistcoat like John Travolta, so therefore I expect at least one arm to go above the head at all times. That is a good. That that's some good deduction. To be fair, that's some good yeah. deduction. All oh, right, yeah, not quite, not quite. Um, it would be uh, how, how do I describe it? Way. You've got your hands in front of you and you're just going one over the top, round and round, like, I'm no. doing it now, but you can't see, obviously. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is great radio, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, is, hang, on, hang on, is your hand moving over your head in a twirling motion? Or no, are, no. You di- are you doing this? Sorry. In front of me. So they're just going round and round in front of me. Oh, I'm, my like, God. You're doing like pro- clench, clench fist type, you know? So it's a- a- actual Travolta from Saturday Night Fever is what yeah. you're doing here. Oh yeah, I suppose all it then needs is the uh, the arm, one arm to whiz up above my head, like Carl was saying. Yeah, yeah. seriously, that, that's it. That's got... the next part of the move, right? I need to learn that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 you've got your tight pent, and you've got your waistcoat. Oh, pent, pent. Yeah. Oh, very good. You know, I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I want I want some credit for that on Desi later. I want some credit yeah. okay. for that usage uh, on Desi protein later. Shake, protein shake above head. <laughs> Reach it for the reach it for the burn. <laughs> Take it down, apply liberally <laughs> to muesli <laughs> in circular motion, and repeat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is terrifying. Uh, I have about eight other questions, but I've also just noticed the clock, so we better go because people are going to be getting a uh, pain in their ears from listening to us. So we will leave it at that for tonight's episode of the Anfield Index podcast. I've been Trev Denny. You've been you. And before I go, let me thank my pod brethren for another solid innings. And before we go, Carl, any thoughts, anything you'd like to mention? Yeah, and it is a bit of a plug, um, but only because I've really started taking it seriously lately. Um, I run a blog called Some Green Grass and the Ball, which is a short, um, a quote from Bill Shankly. He said something like, what a, what a glorious day. That's all you need, some green grass and a ball. Um, it's, a, it's a blog about anything not Liverpool related. The only thing that's going to be involved in Liverpool is the Uruguayan, sorry, the Uruguayan side called Liverpool, um, which I might write at some point. And it's basically myself, Stephen Scrag, my mate, um, uh, Jamie Henderson, and uh, we're going to be writing about topics which have got nothing to do with modern football. So so far, I've done since we've been been off air. Actually, I've done one about the career of Adrian Mutu, uh, the former Chelsea player who's fined forty fifteen million pounds by, by FIFA for drug charges. Uh, and I've just done one about Robin Friday, and you won't know who Robin Friday is, I'm guessing. Google him. It's an incredible story. 
So, um, and that's on Zoom. It's, um, if you can follow me, it's at Some Green Grass, and there's a Facebook page as well. And is that Robin Friday article up currently? It is? It's up, yeah. It's up when so, up So people can go and check that out. And can I heartily recommend that you do exactly that? Because these are good stories, well written, and it gives you, you know what? It's the perfect time to be doing non-Liverpool stuff because it keeps your football um, itch scratched. And at the same time, you're not having to obsess about um, uh, clickbait, wank fest, to use uh uh, Mr. Kopak. Incidentally, Rayo Vallecano won the league. They won the Spanish second division. Get that. Yeah, get get in. Get That's fantastic. Yeah. That's on on, yeah. on he's obviously on the back of their feature on, on some green grass and the ball, yeah, which is uh, uh, yeah, and I'm going to go and see that. Uh, yeah, they they went up as champions, which means there will be three teams in Madrid uh, next year, and I'm hoping to see both of them play at the same time. So you're going to be seeing a top when you go to see them, you're going to be seeing a top flight game. That is absolutely class. I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to go to Bernabeu. Um, I want to go and see them at Vallecano uh, Stadium. Bloody right, yeah. Bloody right. Definitely never visiting that place yeah. ever again myself. Uh, Cam, any final thoughts from yourself, man? Um, folks, please, please do look at the, the uh, seven-day free trial on AI Pro. Um, you've got nothing to lose by having a bash at it, and um, you will be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised and very happy with the content on there. So please give it a go. Much appreciated, my friend. That's exactly uh, the note that I'd like to end on too. We don't do too many plugs on here because we are aware that this is the free show and we don't want to be um, uh, drowning people in it. But it would be absolutely idiotic to ignore the good work that goes on on AI Pro. It's tremendous and there's such a range of content that, you know, taking the trial is a no-brainer. So just do it. Um, don't be silly. Just, yeah, there you go. Don't be silly. Do the trial. That's my that's my little bit of input. And that is indeed that then, treasured listener. May I just say that you're looking particularly lovely today. Have you uh, done something different with your hair? Anyway, can I, again, make the usual request that you use your manifold platforms to spread the word about this show if you enjoy it? Uh, at the moment, I can't shake the feeling that with so many of you tuning in, we're kind of like a badly kept secret. And attention junkies that we are, we would love the secret to spread a little bit further. So maybe do a brother or a solid and get out there and get the word going around if you think we're worth a mention. Uh, we'll be back next week for more chat and a name withering, you know, the crack at this stage. And people are starting to fray at the edges about everything. Don't join them. Stay with the cool kids on here. Be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.